tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Susan Russell. Susan is a founding member of Archimedes Printing Shop and Sundry Goods. Susan has a love for animals that runs deep. She's especially inspired by the ill-mannered and ill-tempered. And it is that inspiration that fueled her leadership of the municipal shelters in Chicago and Philadelphia in their life-saving efforts. A writer, attorney, animal advocate, and volunteer, Russell has also authored the award-winning coffee table book titled A Rough Road Home, The Court Case Dogs of Chicago, and has self-published three children's books, Shelter Dog Kisses, We Can't Go There, We're Bears and Mr. Bird and Mr. Cat. How about that? Susan, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much, Stacey. It's really great to be here. So first off, please share with us, you've written quite a few books and had quite a lot of experience with regards to animals. So why did you decide to be passionate about cats? Well, you know, it's not a matter of deciding to be passionate about cats. I think cats force you, especially if they're in your home and you're owned by many, which I am. You just have this deep respect for these amazing creatures because, you know, they really know how to school you on where you are on the great hierarchy of beings. And as you know, Stacy, it's pretty low. We're pretty low compared to those beautiful animals. So anyway, no, I'm passionate about cats because I've had them just to, for the last 20 odd years. I'm down to just five right now, plus the little foster that I, I've got with me. He had major spinal and hip issues, so he'll be with me for a little while till he's all fixed up. But yeah, I've just, I've been around them. I respect them. I adore them. And they've schooled me well. So you are an attorney as well as a writer, but you also have had an incredible journey in leading municipal shelters. So can you just walk me through a little bit from how you got from A to B to then now writing books about cats? Well, you know, life is a bouncing ball, as I like to say, and I've, I've had a few careers. I was a litigator in Chicago, but always an animal shelter volunteer, especially I came to Chicago from Canada, actually, about 20 odd years ago, which means I'm roughly 20 years old kidding. Uh, but <laughs> Don't do the math on this one, folks. But anyway, I started uh, in Chicago just volunteering with a number of shelters, usually walking dogs for the most part. But then uh, roughly 2016, I threw my hat into the ring to become the executive director of Chicago Animal Care and Control, which is a very large municipal facility in Chicago. And I was there for about two and a half years, you know, worked with the communities to make some pretty, I think, some really good things happen in Chicago. And then, uh, unfortunately, I ran afoul of the administration there, and uh, I was asked to leave in June of 2018. And I then, in a few months, took a job in Philly with the municipal shelter. Well, it's more like a nonprofit, but it is partially owned by the city here. And then I headed up the Philly shelter for about 10 months and then uh, decided on the tail end of that to return to law, which is what I've done here in Philadelphia. And just so many, uh, so many different changes
challenges in, in, in life. I started with a friend of mine who was also in career transition last September, uh, Lucy Nolan. We decided that, you know, we'd like to start writing children's books, especially books that would be able to help folks understand the importance of, well, you're very familiar with it, Stacy, a strategy for humanely managing populations in cities across the country. And that's called Trap, Neuter, Return or Trap, Neuter, Release and Vaccination. And so we, we decided to map out a children's book series called the Gata Unbound series, which is for a lore of files of all ages. And, and we want to, through a slew of entertaining characters, educate folks about the benefits of uh, community cat trap neuter return programming. That's fantastic. That's great. I really just love this trend of seeing more information about trap, neuter, return in children's books, in books in general, just general stories. There's Mm -hmm. been quite a few documentaries put out also about trap, neuter, return and the passion and the energy that goes behind it. How were you introduced to trap, neuter, return in in your experience? Well, I was mainly introduced. I'd known about it prior to becoming a shelter director. But when I was uh, at the helm of Chicago Animal Care and Control, as well as Act Philly, Trap Neuter Return was an important part of saving lives in our community. As many people know, there are hundreds of thousands of cats uh, living in our community. Some are feral, which means they're more like, you know, wild animals. Others are quite friendly. And if well managed in a colony and spay neutered and properly vaccinated they can live out good lives uh, in their communities and they don't need to ever enter the shelter with the exception of their neuter or their spay and and their vaccinations so i became familiar with it as one of the key life-saving techniques because quite frankly if the animals entered the shelter in the numbers that they actually exist in the community, they would be euthanized at an astounding rate. And I think most uh, communities across the country don't believe that that's the best way or most humane way to manage cat populations. And one of my favorite books about community cats was written by Ann Beal, and it is the uh, Community Cats book, it's what it's called. And, you know, she, she really succinctly lays out in there with her amazing data collection, you know, how people actually do feel about cats in our community and trap, neuter, and return. And for folks who live in cities with, you know, sometimes major rodent populations, I know Chicago and Philly have had their share, feral cats can be, or community cats, can also be a wonderful way to control pests. So it's it's kind of a win-win-win, you know, save lives, control pests, keep the animals out of the shelters. So I think, you know, it's an important program technique that a lot of folks aren't necessarily familiar with, but we could we could go a lot further by educating people. And from the municipal level, do you feel that there's a lot of room for growth in understanding the benefits of trap new to return at that municipal level? I know that so many organizations are asking the question about shouldn't there be city funding or state funding for trap new to return? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I I think there definitely should be. Now, I know we're living in a time of COVID-19 and municipal budgets have really been hit hard. And of course, a lot of folks might not think this is a priority. And, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinions. But I've always thought, you know, animals and, and people do need to be cared for. It's not an either or, it's a both and. And I do think municipalities do need to understand the importance of what it has been called kind of the no kill agenda when it 
it comes to animals and shelters. And uh, really what that is, is the ability to save all healthy and treatable animals that come into the shelter or that are in the communities. So it really becomes an incredibly important tool in the toolkit, if you would. And so if municipalities understand that by humanely managing these populations, they also get the benefit of, say, rodent control as well as the ability to say that their shelters are indeed saving the vast majority of lives that are either coming in or that are out in their communities, I think, quite frankly, that looks good for the community. So it's a matter of framing it in a way, I think, that shows the benefit is a win-win for all when there is funding put against it. I know there's been a lot of very determined organizations, and I got so much respect for them who are, you know, and trappers in the communities who, who said, okay, well, you know, even if we can't get the funding there, we're going to try to get the funding elsewhere, and we're going to keep moving forward with this incredibly important life-saving strategy. Well, and Chicago has a tremendous tradition for being quite progressive with regards to their trap to return programs. I know that Treehouse Humane Society has a very strong advocacy-oriented group there, as well as Anne's books have been great, too. So it's really nice to see that tradition developing around the country in different places, and I hope it continues to spread at great lengths. So here you go from leading a large organization and then moving into writing children's books and other books. But let's talk specifically about Got to Unbound and tell me why you decided to write it. What's it all about? Obviously, this is a podcast, so we don't have the visuals here. So maybe tell us what it looks like and, you know, all the details around it and and how we can access it. Absolutely. Well, Gata Unbound is a series of books. And as I mentioned, too, it's for alorophiles of all ages. And alorophiles, of course, are cat lovers. So although we have styled it a children's book, we've had many an adult read it, and they seem to enjoy it quite thoroughly. Our characters are whimsical. You know, we have the very first book uh, is volume one. It contains two books called Klein's Weird Evening and Archimedes' Ear. Klein is one of our main characters. He's a male calico cat. And you, Stacy, know how rare those things are. Yeah. I used to think they didn't exist because, of course, I'd repeat things I read on the Internet. Um, but, but they certainly do exist. And Klein is one of them. And this scene setter book kind of sets up our other our eponymous character, which is Gata, who comes in in really volume two which is books three and four. So the very first story, which we released in June, we had to do it in the deep woods of Philadelphia because as with COVID, uh, we have to go by the old Heraclitus saying, you know, take the unknown path for the known path is an impasse. We've kind of had to take our book signing out to the woods in a socially distanced, responsible manner and just live stream it because although we did have some book signings set up in bookstores in New York and here, obviously they're not open. That's something we'll probably have to do down the road. But our dear character Klein, you know, in our very first book wakes up one morning and he's just not feeling great. He's a little bit dizzy and he doesn't quite know what's happened. And, you know, eventually he he wakes up and he sees, oh my goodness, in, in the puddle, his reflection. And he's, you know, he's got part of his ear missing. For those who are actually familiar with Trap Neuter Return, they twig into that right away, of course, that dear Klein has been trap neutered and returned. So, of course, this causes some existential angst within Klein, and in book two, his friend, who's an inventor, Archimedes, 
you know, comes over and, and he attempts to comfort Klein. And, and, you know, obviously Klein's not really that much worse for wear. He feels pretty good, you know, after, after that day. But, but Archimedes attempts to mitigate the impact of that somewhat by putting his inventor skills to work, so to speak. So the nice thing about Got Unbound is it does, it does try to thread in the theme of Trap Neuter Return, but it really does it very subtly. And so you really start to learn about trap neuter return through the eyes of the cats to whom this is happening. So that's the very first book. In our second book, you do meet the main character, Gata, and she is a, a woman of Greek descent and she loves to bake. And her mother, who is an absolute cat enthusiast and lives in Santorini, Greece, has cats everywhere. And Gata's kind of never really figured out why her mother is so passionate about cats. So in books three and four, what we start to see is this epiphany as to, you know, the fact that loving cats can literally be hereditary. <laughs> and and so you'll uh, I'll tell you hopefully a bit more about that one when it comes out. We're going to be releasing that in the fall. And we're really hoping people really enjoy the series and start falling in love with the characters, because I know we did. <laughs> we really fell in love. We happen to have an incredible artist who does shelter art here. Uh, her, her company is called Shelter Art by Katie Lacey. And Katie is just one of these incredible animal advocates who loves all animals, cats, dogs, you name it, as do I. And Lucy Nolan, another key animal advocate, um, Katie's art is so beautiful, and this book, which was designed by Kim Gek Lin, is beautifully put together and a real feast for the eyes. So we're hoping folks uh, will go on to our website. It's available on our website, which is archimedesprintingshop.com. And I know that's a long name and a little bit difficult to <laughs> to figure out, but but I think, Stacey, you mentioned you'll have that on your podcast website. So folks will be able to to access the book if they'd love to explore Klein and Archimedes' worlds. Yes, well, most definitely we'll have a link to the uh, shop in the show notes, and that's a great description. And so the series is slated to be four different books. I know you said this is a book that is for all ages, but when you were writing it, did you focus on, on a specific age range at all? We did, like six to eight. Six to eight-year-olds are kind of where we're heading. It's a little bit of an older children's book just because some of the vocabulary is a little more challenging. So we do think that's the appropriate age target right there is six to eight. And just to clarify as well, so although volume two is coming out in the fall, uh, volume three, which contains uh, the fifth story, will be out in early January. So this is a series with a number of books, and we hope to keep on going because the stories the stories just keep coming. So we, we think it's going to go on for quite some time. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's great. Great to know that it'll go on and on. Do you struggle to find foster homes for your animals? Are you struggling to communicate with your fosters and keep track of what they need? Introducing Foster Space, powered by Dubert, where recruiting and communicating with your fosters just got a whole lot easier. Need a new foster for an animal? Simply create the foster request in Dubert and it will automatically send to existing Duberteers and also post on your Facebook pages and groups. Need to communicate with your fosters? No problem. Dubert makes it easy to communicate via text with individual fosters or to get messages out to your different groups of fosters. Your fosters can even put in help desk style tickets for questions or supplies they need, and the Dubert system will help you keep track and stay organized. Check out Foster Space by signing in on your Dubert account today at www.dubert.com. 
We had a chat a little bit before we started recording, talking about how important it is that we have humor in our life and some joy. And the past year, this year with coronavirus has been extremely stressful for all of us, you know, in in all professions. But, you know, animal welfare, we are a passionate lot of people. And you were talking about how important it is for us to take the time for humor. Here we are. We're sort of in our holiday season. Times have been tough. The year is hard. You know, what sort of recommendations do you have for us as a group, sort of, you know, how to have some joy in our lives? Well, I think it's both a a combo of joy and kindness. This is something we try to bring out with our main character, Klein, because as Archimedes observes, he's, he's a very kind cat and a compassionate cat. And I think in the animal welfare community, it's usually what I've noted anyway. You've got these incredibly beautiful, passionate people who are incredibly empathetic toward animals, not necessarily always each other. And so I I think it's really important not only to find the joy, especially in times like we've had over the last, you know, eight, nine months of this COVID disaster, uh, but we, we have to be kinder to one another because you really never understand what someone else is going through. And and I do find that, you know, if you approach everyone as though they do have good intentions, if you start from that uh, standpoint, you usually do find the best in everyone and you do have more joy, period. <laughs> that's just, that's a little lesson I've learned in the communities. I mean, it's, it's a passionate bunch of folks and they do incredible, incredible work. And I think it's just so important that everyone realize that, you know, being kind to one another and not going on social media and saying negative things, but saying positive things can really uplift you know, the community, as well as just everyone individually, there's enough negativity, we never need to foment it, because there's plenty of it out there, (laughs) you know. And so so that's, that's what I think, I think joy and laughter are critical for a staying sane, but also, you know, ensuring that we're looking at life with a lot of gratitude, even if we've been through a hard time to try to find that which is still so good. And, you know, that which we can be grateful for. And I, I do think that that just makes for a happier, a happier person, period, and, and happy animals. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You have written some other books. I don't know if you want to mention or highlight any of the other books that you've written for folks that might be interested in checking them out around this holiday time. Oh, yes. Well, we have a gift book. I'm not sure if I can say the name of the gift book on your show, but it's uh, A-Holes Need Love Too. Uh, and that too is about animals. And I'm, I'm again, I, I don't want to, you know, say the name of the book. It's, it's again, it's a humor book, a humor gift book, and it's really about a, a real life story of Wilbur the pig, Raphael the rooster, and Gidget the dog. So this is a real life story. Again, it's done up like a children's book, beautifully illustrated by Maggie McMahon. And this story will will make you smile. Doesn't matter. I mean, we've all had those animals that are really badly behaved, but we love them more than anything. And that is really what that book is about. I also have, uh, through Safe Humane Chicago, I wrote a book for them called A Rough Road Home, The Court Case Dogs of Chicago. That one won a Ben Frank Award from the Independent Book Publishers Association. It's uh, gorgeously photographed by Josh Feeney, and all the proceeds from that book go towards Safe Humane Chicago. I'm not sure if there's that many left of them, but www.safehumanechicago.org is where people can purchase that book. 
And like I said, all the proceeds go toward helping Safe Humane Chicago, which is an incredible organization. My little children's books are all available on Amazon. They're, they're nothing special, but I, I know with Mr. Bird, Mr. Cat, how about that? That was about a cat named Mr. Bird and a bird named Mr. Cat. These were real life characters as well. But one lived in Chicago and one lived in Newfoundland, Canada, which is where I grew up. And my niece illustrated it. And I think it's one that children love because they see their own illustrations really in that book. And the story's pretty cute. But my niece, Haley, Haley Russell, did a most gorgeous job on those illustrations. So that's what I think kids enjoy. It's, it's just a little, a little self-published piece, but it's, it's awfully cute. So as a former executive director of two large municipal organizations, if we could fast forward 10 years down the road, what would life look like for Community Cats? I think life is going to look incredible, not just for the shelters, but for community cats, because I do believe there is an awareness that is spreading throughout the country that, you know, animal animal welfare, it, it's not okay to just euthanize animals in shelters because of space problems. We have to get more creative. We have to get into the communities. We have to, if it's community cats, we have to actively trap neuter return so that we can reduce those populations humanely and let cats live out their lives. I do believe we are, you know, even though it seems pretty bleak right now, you know, I do believe we are heading toward a more humane society. I do. And I think Best Friends Animal Society is working really hard to get that no-kill mentality dispersed throughout the country. And with that comes the community cat programming. Uh, you can't have one without the other. It's, it's all about innovating. How do you keep animals in their homes? How do you provide more community-based assistance for people and their pets? How do you do more or trap note of return and have more people in the community attending to uh, community cats, again, for the benefits of their lives, but also, you know, rodent control. How how do we get more innovative? So down the road, I, it is interesting because with COVID, although it was terrible for people, we saw that terrible, horrible. It, it really worked out well for animals and shelters because so many people stepped up. They were home. And they started fostering. They started fostering like crazy. And that really saved a lot of lives. So we see that it can be done and it's being done. And I think in 10 years time, it is my sincere hope that we have just, it's just become a matter of, you know, that's how we do things, you know, as opposed to it being such an innovation. It's just, that's how we do things. That's our habit of life saving. And so that's that's what I envision. And I, I think we're really getting there. There's just so much good stuff going on on the national stage and so much innovation and sheltering and community camp programming that I don't know. I'm very optimistic. I really like when you're talking about it becoming our habit and it's just what we do and it's our culture. We don't have to stop and ask the question. It's just this is what we do. Mm -hmm. And I think that even though you don't really think that pause is a big deal, I think that pause is a big deal. So when we take that away, it's it's a game changer, really. Yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be a huge game changer. And I do think, you know, culturally speaking, animal sheltering and community support and just really seeing animals as an important part of our lives, again, habit versus, you know, oh, this is it. this is an innovationist. I think we're really just going to start doing it. It's just going to be part of our everyday. Susan, again, if folks are interested in purchasing any of your books or got to Unbound, where would they do that? 
they're going to do that at the Archimedes Printing Shop and Sundry Goods website, and that's www.archimedesprintingshop. And shop has two P's and an E, because <laughs> why make it easy? So archimedesprintingshop.com, and a shop has two P's and an E. And they can get all, all of our Gata Unbound and the A-Holes Need Love too there, as well as our merchandise. There's beautiful posters and cards and bookmarks. My book, A Rough Road Home, can be found on Safe Humane Chicago's website, and that's www.safehumanechicago.org. And uh, my children's books are all on Amazon, the little self-published ones, Shelter Dog Kisses, We Can't Go There, We're Bears, and Mr. Bird and Mr. Cat, how about that? They're all on Amazon, and all you have to do is type them into Google, and they should pop up right away. Susan, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? I, I just would like to share that I think folks would really enjoy reading about Got Unbound, and it is our sincere hope that the book itself will uh, promote a sea change or a mind shift and also help educate those next generations coming up as to the value of cats as well as the you know life-saving innovative programming that is Trap New to Return. Susan, I'd like to uh, thank you again for agreeing to be a guest on my show, and I hope we'll have you on again in the future. Thanks so much, Stacey. I truly appreciate the opportunity. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think, and a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats.